0: It's not about me first off but then it's also not about the guest my job is to extract a story or knowledge from a guest for my audience
1: it's about the audience well hey there pod tractors and welcome to another episode of pod sound school where we help you get the best possible audio for your podcast, and we help you to find the audience your ideas deserve. The last episode with Zach from Squadcast all about remote recording was a great segue into today's episode, The Interview with Eric Hundley. Because getting the technology of remote recording right is a critical step in conducting and achieving a great interview. The interview is a customary characteristic of podcasts, whatever the type or the genre of a podcast might be. The vast majority of them will, at least at one point, have a guest come onto their show or interview an expert on the topic they're covering. Many podcasters will have guests on their show with the hope of borrowing their guest's audience for a short time. Whatever the motivation, if you're a podcaster, then interviewing is something you're going to want to get good at. So today, we're lucky enough to chat with Eric Hunley, an expert interviewer and creator and host of the Unstructured podcast. Eric put out the first episode of Unstructured in March of 2018, and in a little over a year, has interviewed some 150 people. As the name Unstructured suggests, the approach of his interview podcast isn't constrained to one topic. Rather, Eric has a fascination with various colorful people who have lived the life less ordinary. His unique style of interviewing is marked by extensive research and carefully listening to his guests. He's an author, an athlete, a marathon runner, a coach, a university lecturer, and a tech enthusiast. So let's bring him on, shall we? Well, hey there, Eric. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. It's a total honor being here. I love what you're doing, and I think it's... Of total value to the
1: community. Yeah, thank you. I, I really love what you're doing too. And I'm a frequent listener of your show. And I have to say, I'm a little intimidated to be interviewing an interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So on this season, we're still very much focused on those new to podcasting. Cool. So I'm glad you came on because I'd love to pick your brain about interviewing. Uh, firstly, Where might someone who is looking for guests to have on or is looking to start interviewing for the first time, where do we start? Cool. There's
0: a a lot of great sources and fantastic place to start is there's at least four Facebook groups that I know of where you can join the group and say, I have a show about X and I'm looking for guests. And in these groups, there are a lot of people who are guests who are looking for shows to be on. It's not as Difficult as people think. Um, hmm. Over time, as your show grows, you may actually find yourself mm, having a few too many people offering to be guests <laughs> and having to then, you know, adjust your pattern. But just be very open and people will respond. It's a very warm community. People want
1: to get their message out. Hmm. Okay. And then once you've found someone to interview, how do you go about scheduling it and keeping up with the interview etiquette?
0: A lot of this is just basic common sense etiquette, like talk to the person, find out what their message is and what they want, uh, coordinate with them. There are great tools for that. Calendly is very popular And I've recently bought a lifetime access to book like a boss. So all of these are calendar tools that you can put out a schedule of availability and the guests can then go and find a time that works for them. And that saves a ton of the
1: back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a Calendly user myself. And, you know, I'm also new to interviewing. And one of the things that I have never even thought about before getting into this was the many different styles there are of conducting an interview and the psychology that can be behind it. What thoughts do you have about, you know, the different approaches, the different styles of interviewing? Sure, 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 sure.
0: sure, 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 sure. Well, there's different ways that you can go about it, but your ultimate goal is to It sounds terrible, but open them up. And I am always thinking, how can I ask a particular question or have a certain attitude that'll get them to respond and just be truthful. Hmm. Doesn't even have to be warm. Now, some methodologies that are out there is like, Mark Marin famously draws a vision about how he sees the person. And we all do that. When we see somebody, we visualize who we think they are.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Well, then he verbalizes it to their face. <laughs> and essentially tests his theory. And so we find out that, oh, yay, he's right. Or no, he's not actually right. And then his vision is shaped. But this makes for an interesting interview because there's a little tension. Mm -hmm. The tension and the conflict. Exactly. And I have gone that way in different interviews. I try to get a read on how people respond and then act in a manner to get that back. For example, Jordan Harbinger. He's a very big podcaster, um, one of the largest in the world, 4 million downloads a month. Hmm. And I started off the show because he used to work for Art of Charm and he was fired and he had to rebuild his entire show in 2018. Now, before that, when he did the Art of Charm back in the several years back, he was a lawyer and he got fired and that (laughs) led into the Art of Charm. So I started the interview by saying, congrats for being fired. (laughs) Which it's kind of a twist, but the point was that everything good in his life came from an outside perspective and his firing, he would not have taken the actions on his own necessarily, but the outside world forced him into it. So we have now an interesting premise. He's knocked on his heel just a little bit, Uh not meanly, but he's suddenly, what? He's paying attention. Now, this is someone who's done, did a hundred interviews last year. Yeah. (laughs) How do I move him from the talking points? How do I get him to engage and to suddenly be with me?
1: Yeah, I I see that. And I guess, you know, as an amateur, when I'm preparing for an interview, the first thing that my brain comes up with is, you know, like we were saying, focus on the guest or, you know, promote their product. But, you know, what other things could I be thinking about to make a good interview happen?
0: Why do you care? That is the first question you have to ask. What, why do you want this person on your show? Uh-huh. What is it that compels you? A, a booking agent send them to you. Well, okay. How, how is that interesting? <laughs> why do you care? So go from that angle. What is it? What is it about this person that kind of fascinates you or, or that you're curious about, you know, like uh, somebody who's into a polygamous lifestyle and relationship will, How does your spouse feel about that? (laughs) I'd want to know. These these things are what makes it. So instead of just worrying about the script or the product or whatever, what is it about the person that fascinates you? What is it that you turned up while you're researching? I do a lot of research. I probably do a lot more than most people, and it might be too much, Mm -hmm. but it makes for some interesting stories. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's definitely a trademark of your show and of your interview style is that you really research your guests.
0: I do, and I'm glad I do too, because things don't always come up in other interviews. Now, I've used James Fallon a lot, so I'm going to switch up and give you somebody new, Jim Clemente, who is... uh, one of the writers and producers on Criminal Minds. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He worked for the FBI and he was a profiler. Well, I went reading and digging, and I saw there was a a magazine article from Britain on his website, dug into that, and then found out that he was the first responder for 9-11. Okay, interesting. And he got bone cancer or leukemia. Wow, kind of, you know, tucked in there. So I was like, wow, this is interesting. I hadn't heard that because I've been listening to all these interviews. Where'd that come from? This little nugget. Uh So I asked him about that and I got back a story that was so dark and so rich about his digging through the debris and the contractors who were stealing stuff. So the FBI had to run the, uh, the backhoes and every other piece of equipment like regular construction workers and they all had ingested all this rubble you know, from in their lungs and they wound up getting cancer and he's just buried another of his friends recently who didn't make it through. And after that, he led into his having a heart attack right before he got out of the FBI. He died on the table. None of this out there. Wow. (laughs) But this all came from that one little nugget, that little research nugget. (laughs) Yes. And, and that just, it opened this interview up to, uh, Now, it's not just, okay, so you did Criminal Minds, da-da-da. It's like, well, how, well, what's that like? Why? What's going uh-huh. on? Be curious. And pretend you're listening at the same time as you're interviewing. And it's very difficult. But I'm always trying to think, ooh, ask this. Have you ever listened to an interview and you're like, well, what about that? Or or what about this? I, I try to think of the question that the audience may have. hmm uh-huh. But, you know, obviously they can't ask, but I'm right there. And if I don't ask that question, maybe I at least ask another question that's equally compelling
1: or interesting. Yeah, I like that a lot, too, because it it breaks them up and it, it just makes for a more three-dimensional interview. But I don't think that's the easiest thing to do. It's very tricky. It's a dance.
0: It is a very difficult dance in your mind. And... People, I think, take it for granted. And even I may have a little bit like, okay, I just need to have a list of questions, and I just need to ask things. But when you're in the middle of it, you're you're spinning a lot of plates, especially by yourself. That's why you'll find some of the co-hosted shows to almost be more effective, or they can be at times, because while you're thinking or crafting the next question, your co-host is talking. But when you're by yourself like you are right now and you're feeling this mm-hmm. you're having to a think of what your next question's going to be b are you on track see wait i'm talking right now so you've got to actually be listening to what i say mm-hmm. while you're formulating and planning all these other things
1: yeah there's a lot going on by the time you leave some silence for me to talk then i have to oh i was listening now i have to you know <laughs> right. respond with another question so I guess, it is, especially in the beginning, it's probably very advisable to have some talking points and to have them rehearsed a little bit so that you don't leave that, that dead space. I'm a big believer in research for
0: multiple reasons. One, it's um, a security blanket. The fact that you have a you know, list of questions to ask that you've really spent some time on, you've paid attention to what they've said, so you actually know who they are to a, a pretty good degree. We need to circle back because there's a problem with that too. Another thing that is important about it is I feel like it respects your guest. Uh-huh. There is nothing more satisfying than if a host asks you a question and you're going, well, where'd you get that? Or wow, <laughs> you dug deep. You you really paid attention. You care enough about me. hmm uh-huh should go find this out and you'd be surprised and they lighten up now they're involved this is a cool conversation
1: yeah yeah they feel heard they feel validated it's not just uh it's a real human connection i guess exactly now the problem
0: i did want to circle back to that is this have you heard of the curse of knowledge no i've never heard of that okay the curse of knowledge is i have researched this guest so thoroughly that i know everything they do that i can almost speak in abbreviations about it (laughs) Now, you don't know anything about it, though, and you're listening. And you're like, what? I, I, I don't get it because I'm almost using a shorthand because I just know it. Mm-hmm. I have to be very careful to act surprised or for things to be new to me or ask the guest to expand on something, like a particular concept. Yeah, I know what the concept is, but obviously, I researched it. My audience hasn't researched it. They don't have all this back research. So uh, I have to, yeah. you have to be very careful. And you'll especially find that, um, you... As you get to um, have friends in the community and you interview them that, you know, you're almost playing, oh, yay, I'm having a good time here and (laughs) stuff. And Meanwhile, your audience can get a
1: little bit lost because you're, you know, almost doing inside jokes Mm -hmm. and now your show is entirely an interview-based show but even for shows that aren't when they have bonus episodes or when they have interviews it's a great way to reach out and to reach a bigger audience and to because in for a brief window you almost share the audience of the people you're interviewing if they're nice enough to Bingo! yeah (laughs) so what are some of your thoughts on on that and if you would encourage new podcasters or just the value of the interview? First off, you cannot
0: expect them to actually share anything. And I have found the bigger they are, the less they share. Mm -hmm. And that seems kind of mean, like, why won't they share my show? And I do feel that I'm not happy about it, but (laughs) I have to realistically step back and say, okay, I asked them to show up at this time and to perform to answer my questions in a timely manner you know, and bring themselves to the conversation. I did not say, can you go promote my show? That's a different contract. So that's a covert contract in my mind. And I cannot expect a guest to automatically share. It. All I can do is do the best job I can. And hopefully they
1: will enjoy it so much that they will share it. Mm-hmm. And it might not always be the most smiled upon thing to... You know, harass somebody about sharing either when you're following up after the interview. Definitely not.
0: You provide them with an easy manner of sharing. Um, You know, you can't expect them to just go, oh, and then track it all down, share everything. So send them a thank you email with a link. Here's the episode. Um, here's the cover art. Here's the picture. Um, here's an embedded player. If you want to put it on your site, put it all there for them, lay it all out for them. And also let them know, I will also be tagging you on the different social medias. So it will be easier for you to reshare. So you can even go further and have like click to tweet, have a tweet pre-done for them. I just appeared and had a great interview on unstructured huh. click and boom, it goes out. So take every bit of the work out of it. And just give them the opportunity to share. And if they wish to, they will.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: If they don't, they won't. But definitely nobody is going to share or very few are going to share if you don't make it easy for them.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, So I guess really like most things, it's best just to get started. Get out there and start interviewing.
0: Yes, and you will start to feel um, a bit more of a rhythm and a, a pattern. And you don't have to do obsessive research like I do. You could be Larry, Larry King. Larry King is uh, someone who's just very curious. They give him the name of the person and what they do. And he just runs from that. Uh-huh. So how does that work? Hmm, why? What are you doing? <laughs> and uh, you're a pilot. Do you, are you afraid you'll crash? <laughs> and and what, whatever comes to mind. But get find your style. Find your voice.
1: hmm uh-huh. Great. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's obviously I could just keep picking your brain and we can keep talking for hours on this, but I think that's, <laughs> I think that's a good place to start. Uh, and then as we're finishing up, I just wanted to ask you, I know you mentioned that you're going to be speaking at MapCon. Yes. Uh,
0: September 6th to 7th, uh, MapCon is Atlantic City. So especially those who are on the East Coast, um, please come check it out. It's very cool. There's a a lot of us they're short sessions, but what's really neat about the conference is uh super Joe Pardo gotta put the super in he's a good guy um <laughs> he put it put it together by having shorter sessions. everybody is in one room oh, so wow. instead of having to choose this session or that session or while I'm speaking, I can't obviously be watching somebody else, everybody is in the same room, all the speakers, all the attendees one big family, and everybody sees everything. And I think it's a really smart move.
1: Yeah, that's cool. That's unique and way better because how do you choose between all the different panels at a at your standard conference?
0: Exactly. And mm-hmm. it puts the presenters with the people. You know, it's like somebody
1: speaking or attending. We're all podcasters. We're mm-hmm.
0: all good people and we need to know each other.
1: Yeah, at all different levels. That's nice. Yeah. Man, I wish I could make it out to Atlantic City to see that. I'm jealous. <laughs> Maybe you can. Yeah, maybe I can't. You know, I need to get away from these kids. They're killing me. (laughs) Um, Thanks again so much for stopping by and helping out these little (laughs) podpreneurs. You guys are doing great stuff.
0: Welcome from Valuable Learning Experiences.
1: (laughs) Infinite work for which learners see a purpose
0: provides its own discipline.